Listen to the song. Hi guys, good afternoon. Welcome to the 50 Minute Rev. Isn't it wonderful? It's by um, Brandon Lake. Don't you, and it's so appropriate for today. Don't you give up on me, says God. Don't you give up on me. Are you a salt walker? Hey, good afternoon everybody. Welcome to the 50 Minute Rev. This is Dr. Missy Hood with uh, all of our team over here loading up too as well. But this is Brandon Lake you're listening to. If you like that song, He's saying, don't you give up on me. And that is so appropriate for the uh, topic matter for today. I, I, I sense by the spirit, man, that everybody, I sense the doom and the gloom. And it's like, you know, what's really going on before I even get into the topic matter. I'm just going to go over what I feel like the Lord's been telling me today because he's been talking to me. I was seeking him yesterday and I can feel the pressure building of C2. Welcome to C2. We told you this would happen. And, and I mean, let me just tell you what's going on in C2, by the way, because a lot of people don't understand in contraction point two, there are four chambers to God's heart like there's four chambers to yours. C2 is the most difficult part of the year to walk through because of all the pressure. You've got pressure on your emotions, which usually is an indicator that you need deliverance. I'm just shooting straight up. But then you have pressure uh through circumstances uh so um it's really um just indicative of where you're at if you haven't if you're feeling a lot more pressure than normal but it's also a good thing too you have a choice during this season you've got choices to um choose life or death because in i was talking to some people yesterday i've had several people calling me they're like what is going on dr missy we knew this c2 would be unlike no other because you deal with Holy Ghost fire during C2, you deal with strange fire. Hello, our nation is in the thicket of a war right now. So the warfare is through the roof. It's absolutely through the roof. Can y'all pray, please? They're coming at the anointing, please. So, I mean, it's through the roof. And the enemy is doing everything he can to distract you and to get you to choose your flesh. That's what choosing strange fire, Holy Ghost fire means. You're choosing the mind of Christ, which is the ultimate goal that to obtain through C2, or you're going back to Egypt, going back to the way things used to be, where you used to stand in Christ, or if you ever came anywhere. And, and so this is what's creating your pressure. And so God is trying to get us now to step into this new place. And we've got the devil coming through the woodwork. I mean, if you're any type of a threat to the devil in this season, if he th- senses you're going anywhere new, he's putting the brakes on you and he's using really screwed up people to try to do it. Trust me. And that's what part of the conversation is about today. But you know what? Before we start, I, I want to give you a word to encourage you. And I think this is this is definitely for the obedient in this hour. God hasn't forgotten about you. If you've been disobedient, repent, get aligned. That's That's my word for you. Get aligned. I'm, I'm a straight shooter, double double truth. Um, so I can't help but be who Christ made me to be. But, you know, it's all up to us. God will take you as far as you want to go in the kingdom. But we told you this was going to happen. We God's been telling you for three years this was going to happen. He's been telling us to get free, get free, get free from me or you, get free from you, and develop the mind of Christ. And that's the whole point of C2. And so it lessens the load during C2 when you obey. 
It pays to obey, I'm telling you. So, um, no pun intended. So here's the word for you. It's called, the, the title for today is called Salt Walking, You Through Your Red Sea. Tatum made by me, that's the Lord, uh, made new. And so this is the word that Lord gave me yesterday. So I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, what do you have to say about the nation? And God said, it's about to be restored. Everything. I'm about to put everything back into its place with all things and most things being restored to better than they were before. If you can just wait on me as I take you through your Red Sea experience. I'm going to stop right there and I'm going to inject this. I'm not adding to or taking away from, but the Lord just told me this in my spirit. Um, I know that a lot of prophets are having a hard time right now. If you're stuck in the flesh, believing that God could do anything new with the state of the nation. That's from your own limited perspective because you're looking at it through the flesh. Hello, why do you think God is trying to teach you to co-create with him? He's seated beside him in heavenly places. And so we can either choose life or we can choose death. We can be obedient and get free and see things from God's perspective. We can stay low, lower in the earth realms and see things from the fleshly perspective. So if you're trying to prophesy and tell me what you think God is seeing in this hour and you're stuck in your flesh, I don't give you a lot of credibility. And it's because the flesh sees only what it wants to see. It sees through its own screwed up perceptions. And hello, perception can be reality, but it's not my reality. I believe in the God of happy endings. I know that God is a God who finishes what he starts. I know that he, he's a, he's a uh, teacher of healed hearts. I know that he absolutely gives us all power from above. And I know that he's trying to teach us how to come back to love. I know that for a fact. For a fact, would you not agree? He's taking us back to the ancient of days. So wouldn't it just be like God to try to do something miraculous along the way? Wouldn't that just be like God? Okay, so let's step back into the word. So Lord says, don't you? He said, God, it's all about to be restored, the nation. I'm going to repeat it again. So I'm about to put everything back into its place with all things and most things being restored better than they were before. If you can just wait on me. As I take you through your Red Sea experience. Don't you think my people got tired when they were crossing over? They too struggled in the climb. The the rocks are the things that seemingly got in the way of their journey. But in this new place, I'm taking you through into the land of the living where all grave clothes have been taken off so that my glory will be the only thing you see. Everything done to you was not of me. Therefore, it's not safe and sound, and it must fall to the ground. You see, you're in a journey where you're learning to look at the richness of the ground you walk upon. Just like my people learned to walk through the salt of the sea beneath their feet, you too are learning to look upon the ground for what you tread, to ensure that you no longer get into bed with the wrong heart or those who only walk in part with me, or not wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y or holy. They're not holy. H-O-L-Y. Because the enemy cannot keep my people from me. For I will walk across the water to meet you to ensure that you come out and through instead of just halfway like many have feared that is happening to them. But alas, I'm here to meet with thee so that your feet don't slip on the things that the devil would like you to believe. Because my people have learned to look for the salt in all matters. Is it rich with me? Altered with the holy, or is it just a facade wanting to get by or to waste their time in which is the usual lie caused by a heart walking within the heart of the enemy, not a heart or a mind like mine? So, 
This is a season where you must look for the salt, for the rich in spirit instead of the flesh as you cross over because I'm walking with thee into eternity. But you ask, what about the future? What about the new? Is it knowing me enough for you? Uh, I know what you were referring to. You're talking about your blessing that I promised you. Did you think that I would take you across to nowhere? Without an ending place hindering your heart from seeing my grace, my sufficiency made manifest for thee? Did you really think I'd forgotten thee? Was it because you were too busy watching where you were walking as your toes got rich with salt for the sea I walked you through? From the rocks you had to climb over to get to me, to see me, to see if I'd be true to you? Oh, I saw you climbing toward me, and I knew that you wouldn't stop until you saw I'd reach down to rescue you. Because in your learning to step out onto the water, you not only walked on it, you learned to walk through it while I showed you how I could part the waves before you. And now, you're seeing me through and through as you've learned to trust again, learning that I will always be true to my word spoken to you. And then I asked him, I said, Lord, how much longer do we have to wait? And the Lord said, everything's coming along just fine now. The clock of my people is ticking forth in time to show them that they're all well-coordinated with me, succinctly aligned. So be assured that that the salt you have acquired beneath your feet was of me. You see, that salt was to show thee how rich your walks could be if you kept time with me in the heavenlies. Because in learning to keep time, you were acquiring my thinking while always on my mind, as I taught you how to keep the rhythm in my heart as I bestowed my heart unto thee. I needed you to begin to see richness of love again within thee. So that all around your life would see and understand that richness was caused by simple water, or excuse me, simple salt walking, watching the ground that I walked you through. Was it full of man in the flesh or me in the spirit becoming rich within you? Because it was my spirit that taught you how to walk on the water and through it and to the thing I'm about to give to you. That is why salt is buoyant, because it brings all things that could sink to begin to float and to rise up through the waters of me, the waters of the deep, so that all hearts could see how my salty hearts could be rough around the edges and still be used by me. The heart made for eternity, made, handcrafted by God of heaven, to show the entire earth how heaven could be experienced in the new. Heaven is what you are climbing into. Through the salt water, as it burned off and preserved everything flesh of the earth is what I want to stay in that place while saving your spirit man for the place I've taken you into for just in a moment I'll begin to show you everything I've planned for you as you come to the 12 o'clock hour tick tock it's time reset this clock with the new level the new season the new beginning tailor-made just for you. It's all been made new. So saith the Spirit of Grace. So this is the next part he told me today. The bell is about to toll. And I want you to listen to what I'm getting ready to say. Because this got my attention big time. Not just with the, the salt. If you know anything about salt, by the way, salt's a preservative. Okay, salt's a preservative. You were 
in this situation, I'm going to read it in a second. You're with, you've been in this situation, this testing season, crossing over season, transition season, and now you step back into a heavier testing season. But it's with purpose. It's really with purpose. And the Lord told me this. The title he told me about this next part, he said, the bell is about to toll. Where church is really about to begin with signs, wonders, and miracles. And in this hour, the Lord says, people are frustrated and beginning to feel the pressure of my heart chamber too. But God is getting ready to do exploits with uncommon favor, released through blessing. While the world, those that have been disobedient, are stepping into complete upheaval. Your world will be completely different from those around you for those who have been obedient versus the disobedient. And the Lord says, well, actually, because I let me say this too. I've been hearing the word upheaval for the last two months. And so we're now entering into a world, says the Lord, of the haves and the have-nots. Okay? So God knows you're tired, but he needs you to continue walking across your Red Sea. There's nowhere else for you to go. Because Egypt is behind thee. You just came out of bondage. Why do you want to go back? So you've got to go out and through if you want to walk out of the old into the new. And so as you learn, says the Lord, that the enemy of your soul has had to have permission to touch you. If he or his minions have touched any area of your life without God's permission, either through demonic attacks or through those that oppose you, the disobedient to the Lord, meaning they don't have God's permission with their praying against you or they have for those that have been following them because they're actually because they've chosen not to get free and not to get cleaned up they're following the guidance of unholy speaking spirits because they chose to stay in the flesh they chose to stay in the lower parts of kingdom so the lord says command all unholy commands of the enemy through any disobedient vessel from today back to adam and eve if god didn't speak to them to make them fall to the ground lamentations 3 30 70 38 the enemy had to ask to touch Job, and he has to ask to touch you. The problem is, is that the enemy doesn't respect boundaries. And we're seeing that a lot within the church right now. We're seeing that within society. So you have to be, you're seated beside Christ in heavenly places, right? So he's telling you, rule and reign. Rule and reign. Command this stuff to fall to the ground. Which brings us to the topic at hand. hope this isn't in my way. You can see here. Sorry. Put that down. So that's the word that he gave me for this hour. I hope that ministered to you. Um, and we're fixing to step into a hard topic matter. And it's because of the condition of the church. And I know that a lot of my topic matters bring sometimes angst to some people. And, and that's only if you've been disobedient. But you can still get aligned. Just repent and ask God to start helping you step in to deliverance ministry. We're going to talk about that within this conversation too. But what we're seeing right now is based on 2 Samuel 2, 12 through 3 through 39. Hey, Connie, it's good to see you this afternoon. But failing, it's talking about failing to submit to God's will. The tragedy of not obeying. Because it's caused God to have to install new leadership so that he can get his people out and through. And so what we see, Lord, what we see, well, the Lord sees it too. But what we're seeing is now people realizing that they've been disobedient. And so they're like, we're going to play catch up now. It's catch up time. And God's like, no, there's no catching up now. 
you've fallen too far behind. However, I can realign you for the level you're currently standing in, but I cannot use you at the level I wanted to use you in. So I, I have preserved you at the level you're choosing to stay within, but I've moved somebody else now to carry my people forward. So this is what this conversation is all about. It's about when David was anointed the king and Saul's people refused to accept it. Saul actually had been killed, I think, by the Malachite. And David had honored him. He'd always honored the anointing. And he killed that Amalekite for touching the anointing. And so we then see David step into a process of a power struggle between one of Saul's cousins named Abner after he was anointed king by God and by the Israel tribe of Judah. So this is what this story revolves around as I'm getting ready to walk you through it. And so Saul's cousin Abner had a beef with God. He actually had a beef. Can y'all pray against the witchcraft, please, coming at me right now? i got someone praying evil tongues. And Lord, we just ask you to bless that person. 1 Corinthians 13, 13, in Jesus' name. But, you know, in this time, when I'm talking about the disobedient versus the obedient, thank you, um, you have to understand it's nothing personal against you. While you're walking out and through, while God's promoting you, you're going to have people that are going to try to persecute you. Because they disagree with God. And so, praise God, Yvonne. That is good to know, man. It's good to see you. I haven't seen you in forever. It is so good to see you. Christy Van Norman, it's good to see you too. But going back to the story, all of this could have been avoided with Abner because had he just submitted to God's will, all the bloodshed would have been Preserved. It, would have, it wouldn't have even happened. And so when we fail to submit to God's will, we cause division and we bring destruction. Not just to ourselves, but people around us. Your actions don't just affect you. They affect everybody around you. So three murders occurred before David became king. Are you aware of that? This is the first time I learned about this too, actually. When I had this Bible study with, with me and the Lord today. So it was Azahel, Abner, and then Abihibosh, Ishbosheth, excuse me, Ishbosheth. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. But all three were murdered. The person who had the beef with God got murdered. And it all could have been spared if these people had just submitted to God's king and to the leader for the hour instead of seeking their own advantage. When you're, when you're stuck in the flesh, and I believe this is the reason for a lot of the demotions going on right now in the church. God told us this was coming for three years, by the way. Have you not been listening to the prophets? And it's not like he's trying to flog you over the head or flog a dead horse. I just believe he's re, uh, reinserting the truth in here because he's trying to help people understand and wrap their head around what's going on because they don't understand what's going on in their own worlds alone. And they're taking all this pressure for two. And they're like, what is going on with me? What is going on with my world? And God's like, you disobeyed me. I told you this was coming for three years. I told you to get cleaned up. I told you I was going to be promoting and demoting. He said it through Kent Christmas. He said it through John Kilpatrick. He said it through numerous prophets. So I don't know who you're listening to, but that's who I listen to. And so it could have all been avoided had they just done what God asked them to do. And had everybody put the glory first, 
and put the needs of the nation first. Hello, America's in a war right now. I can't believe we've got people looking at their flesh, thinking that I'm going to fight with God on this issue when God's just trying to get a people group free. But we've got so people so stuck on themselves and so determined to have their way, putting their own pride ahead of God's will, which caused tragedies to occur that could have been avoided. But David knew the truth. David knew how to walk something through with the Lord. He knew how to walk on the water. Whew, but that just came out of my spirit. He knew how to trust God. And what we see David start to walk through is David, and David knew he was in a power struggle. And he knew it wasn't going to go over well with some of Saul's people. And so he was focused on the spirit while he saw Saul's people focused on the flesh. And so he was moving from strength to strength where God fulfilled his promise, making David the king. Hello, a.k.a. Davidic Ministries coming forward in this hour over America and Israel so that God's will could come to pass to bring all men back to himself. Are we not trying to get back to love? Is that, isn't that what the objective is right now? Trying to get back to the king? And so we have people vying for power, vying. And, and I think it really, really comes from, this is just my personal opinion. I think it really, really comes from people needing to be acknowledged by a dad. They didn't have their own earthly dad acknowledgement. And so they are so determined, so hell-bent, stressed the hell-bent on proving to God, no, 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 I can do it, I can do it, I can do it. I failed, I failed, I failed, but I can do it, I can do it. And God's like, I'm sorry. That time clock has been punched. I'm on, I'm, the cloud moves by day, the pillar of fire by night. And sometimes we can miss our moments. And sometimes some doors are only open once. And so it's interesting to me. <laughs> we don't just see this in the church right now. We see this all around. We see it in government. With major fake kings in place, the disobedient rising up when they still been demoted, still trying to force God to do things their way. We see this with 45. And then we see other people coming in. And, and I get it. You know, I, I do. My heart goes out to people because God likes loyalty. <clears throat> he wants loyalty to himself. But, you know, there's one thing. It's one thing to be loyal to somebody. But when you see somebody sinning and you see somebody and you know what God's shown you. And then they try to get you to pick up their offenses and they're trying to get you to side with them, be their girls or boys, And they're trying to justify their own sin, their own hidden evil motives for what they really want to do. We see it in the government. We see it in churches big time right now. And God's like, this is not an hour to be jacking around with me. I'm going to put it bluntly to you. Because God is a God that says what he means and he means what he says. If he tells you to get it together, hey, James, if he tells us to get it together, he means PDQ. PDQ. And I hate to throw all those acronyms at you, but that's what's coming up in my spirit. So it's not an hour to be doing things your own way. And so picking up offenses for other people is not going to get you back into position. All it's going to do is get you judged by God. And so God's trying to get us to understand that he's trying to see who's going to be obedient to him in this hour and who's still going to fight in their own fleshly power. So he's separating. He's separating. Remember he told us he's separating out the wheat from the chaff. You knew that, right? Wheat from the tares. He's trying to show us who's who. And so it's amazing to me 
how people, they think that they're going to do whatever they want to do. And God's like, really? Really? So it's a level of pride and delusion that the devil's walking these people through. But this is the difference between getting free and walking in strength versus walking by the flesh. You see the differences between Saul's people and what got him in trouble, why he lost his kingdom. And then we see the difference where David sought the Lord and all he did was spend time and he sought the true king's decree. He wanted to know what God had to say about a thing. Because the flesh causes demotion, where the spirit causes promotion. Do you understand that? And the difference, let me tell the difference in this hour, why that's so significant. It's because the flesh, God's trying to rid our nation of the spirit of religion, which was man-made, by the way. The apparatus of death. Because the spirit of religion or the flesh versus the spirit of God walking in his spirit are like oil and water. They never mix. They, they never mix because the spirit of religion is twisted truth. It's man's version of who he thinks God is versus who, he, God, who God reveals himself to be, which causes a twisted mind or a twisted heart condition. And we see this all around in the current state of the church right now. We have three-fourths of the body stuck in some lower level of contraction point two, chamber two of God's heart. You want to know why? Because they chose death instead of life. They chose the flesh. They chose to go back to Egypt to keep things the way that they were. Hello, that was also spoken by Rabbi Landry. There were four people groups that were happening. Remember that about three years ago? He said that. I've never forgotten that. God keeps it on my mind. And so um, the four people groups then fought for their demanding to be right no we're fine we don't need what you've got we don't we don't need what you have to say just leave us alone we're going to stay right here where we're safe then the the second people group in that grouping of four was like well i don't know should we go should we stay i I don't know i'm too afraid to try the third people group was arrogant enough to say you know we know we're messed up we've got all these grave clothes on and we're gonna we're gonna go in anyway and god's like no you're not no, you're not. And then the fourth people group obviously came in on trust. And so that's the new group that we see called the obedient versus the three force being the disobedient. And so on the flip side, though, where tragedy occurred was over the power struggle and the installation of God's true leader. And so Abner, we saw what happened if you read the passage. Abner fought God, but he also grew in strength. But it wasn't in the strength of the Lord. You can grow in fleshly strength. We see that within Washington, D.C. right now. Because they're on in their flesh. But it's not the strength of the Lord. Because only God can promote. And if you raised yourself up, you built your own house. Which means if it's not built by God, it has to fall to the ground. It's built on the sand. And so this is the political power that Abner grew up in where he had more authority than the king that he had installed. He he installed Saul's, I think it's cousin. So he had made Ishbosheth king. Okay. So of course, Abner wasn't going to give up his power. So he installs somebody that he can control, which is usually what Jezebel does. But Abner's use of power was only to, to please himself, not God which ended up being his own downfall because everyone around him saw what was coming 
and they knew it was only a matter of time. We have this happening where the prophets have prophesied, demotion is here, demotion is here. It's fixing to start taking place. Judgment, they called it judgment, judgment, judgment is here. And so we're seeing it start to manifest. And, and you know, I don't know about you, but usually when judgment shows up, and I actually was reminded of it this time, when judgment shows up, it's never quite like we think it's going to happen. It's usually, for the most part, unless it's severe, if it, if somebody's active, activating and or operating in severe sin, um, usually it's quick. God will judge you sometimes. He will strike you with lightning. But for the most part, when judgment occurs, it's usually a slow, miserable process for the person going through it. And they start losing power and losing power, which is what we see happening or what happened to Saul. And then we also see it happening today. And so the difference between the two kingdoms was that David's lifestyle was a, a life of practicing peace and reconciliation. He wanted what God wanted, and he would do, I believe he would have done whatever God told him to do because he was that obedient. But Abner's was a life lived by retaliation because his actions were always lived by fighting God on David's life. So what he did is he got a whole people group offended alongside of him for being angry at God because God didn't do as Abner thought he should have done. So Abner was really just mad at God. He wasn't mad at the people being installed or David. But Abner wanted to do what he wanted to do, and he did what he did, and then he paid the price. And so this is the scripture that that's based on. And I think this is really, really critical for this hour because Matthew 26, 52 states this. And this, for some reason, the tribe of Dan comes to mind. And I'll tell you why. If you know anything about the tribe of Dan, they lost their land because they didn't know when to stop fighting. If you know anything about the book of Ecclesiastes, the Lord says there's a time to live and a time to die, a time to fight and a time for peace. And you've got to know the seasons that you're walking through, which teach us to me, they teach us how to follow the spirit implicitly and do only what we hear our father say or only what we see through him. Jesus did that. And look how, I mean, his life was wonderful. He walked in the signs, wonders, and miracles. And so there's something to be said about it. But people who get stuck fighting, and they're constantly trying to fight, they usually activate Matthew 26, 52, which states, all who take the sword perish by the sword. And so Abner, around this time, if you've read the passage, you know that Abner, Sin found him out. He had sin in his camp. He had married, excuse me, not married. He had murdered Azahel. And his sin had found him out because Azahel's brother sought to avenge his own family's bloodline. And so God shut down the rebellion of Abner by having him murdered or allowing. He didn't have him. I believe he allowed it to happen. And so your sin will find you out when you're trying to hide things. So when a heart demands its own way, that heart has just shown the Lord which kingdom it serves. Remember, we can't serve two masters. We're either serving the flesh or we're serving the Lord, Lord of Lord and the King of Kings because true love and God never demanded his own way. Jesus always followed the way of Yahweh, not the way of the flesh. Which brings us to John 13, 1 through 30. When you know who you are and whose you are, do you know who you are? 
Do you know who you are? I was talking to a good friend of mine the other night. I don't know why I'm saying this, but I'm going to use her as an example. She's a dear, dear friend. And she's aged very, very beautifully. You'd never know the age that she was. I'm not going to tell it on here. She'll hit me. <laughs> but somebody, you know, I'll just say it like this. When you know who you are and whose you are, you don't worry about what people think about you. You don't worry about what they have to say about you like David did. David didn't worry about it. He just wanted to know what God had to say. And so we're living in an hour right now where we have to know who we are and whose we are. I know that I'm called to rule and reign beside Christ in heavenly places. Do you? And do you understand what that type of authority gives you? I know whose I am and who is who I am. And so I believe that's part of coming out and through. And I'm not trying to rhyme. It's the way it's coming out. Uh, where you get deliverance. And so you come up into your truest sense of self. And so Jesus knew this because he knew who he was. He knew he was the son of God. Do you know that you're the daughter of the son of a king? If you do, then you know you're seated beside him in heavenly places and you know you have dominion power. So he was able to wash the disciples' feet because of knowing who he was. What I'm trying to come at that with my friend too, I'm going to bring that back in here, is that sometimes we'll have people come into our pathways who don't know who they are. But because you know who you are, you intimidate them. You intimidate them. And it offends some people because they think you're arrogant. You're this. No, I'm, I'm actually just very confident in who Christ made me to be. I'm not trying to be anything but who he says I am. But they will try to make pop shots and they'll try to cut you down or belittle you because of who they don't understand about themselves. They actually want to be you. That's the truth. They see something in you that they covet. But there's only one you. There's only one me. And just like Jesus, he knew that. He knew he would only be the one and only son of God. Do you know that about yourself with being a son and daughter of a king? So that's your unique imprint in the way God made you. So he knew that he was heading towards promotion because of what God was having him do. And that was to be seated beside the right hand of the Father. And so he, he wasn't so focused on the Pharisees of his day or the mean-spirited people who needed deliverance. Hello, those that disobey. And instead, he was focused on what the Father had to say, and he did everything God told him to do implicitly. That's called walking by the Spirit, abiding in him while he abides in you. And there's a lot of peace, man. There's so much peace that comes with that. I, I, I get so, it brings me joy. Like yesterday, when I sought the Lord and I got this word from the Lord, it brings me peace. It brings me joy to know what's going on. I'm not lurk, looking at what's going on in the news. I'm not looking at what's going on around me with people who've got a beef with me or whatever it is they've got problems with. It's really, it has really nothing to do with you or me. It's really their own heart condition they're battling with. They're battling in their own hearts with God. So it's between him and them. But Jesus knew this. And so because he knew who he was, he didn't have a problem picking up a towel and serving others. So true happiness, if you know anything about your heart condition and anything about knowing who you are and whose you are, true happiness comes from humble service when you have an ability to know your self-identity in Christ and know what he's called you to do. 
And you know, because of the way he's richly blessed you, you can serve others in the process. And Jesus knew this. And so he didn't have a problem washing feet. And, And that actually for our day and time stands for deliverance. That's what that stands for. He's cleaning their feet, cleaning their feet up for where they've walked in their pathways, which comes when we decide to help others come up into their portion of kingdom instead of trying to take advantage or taking things from the sheep that God has not given to us. Did you know that's what Jesus knew? Do you step into arenas with Christ to see what only he can do for you? Are you there to see what you can do through him for others? So we're here to serve the sheep and wash their feet so that all can rise up and become a part of kingdom if they so choose. But in this hour, God is doing it in a very, very specific way. And I'll tell you why. And I've always thought I've had a real problem. I I didn't understand it at first, even with the way he's built this part of ministry, because Ezekiel's will is built with a very, very specific mandate. And I know that he's raising up other ministries alongside of us uh, that are front runners with very specific mandates on those ministries as well. But he's doing it to tear apart the apparatus of religion, the apparatus of death, to break people out of Egypt. Do you understand that? He's trying to help you break out and break through into the new. Your new is taking you back to love, back to the basics of love. And so in this hour, God's trying to do it in a way to get you free and free from the flesh, but back to the things that make you happy and joyful again, where you felt free. Remember, Jesus is not confinement. Jesus is freedom. So the Lord's saying in this hour too, you know, we have so many people that are like the Pharisees and they're looking at others around them. That's the three fourths that have been disobedient, by the way. I'm just shooting straight up with you. But they're judging people because our societies become so judgmental. And hence, that's why we have these people looking at different aspects of you or me or whatever. And they're saying, you don't look like me. Well, I hope not. I hope not. God didn't make two of me. Didn't make two of you. But it doesn't give us the right to judge other people around us because their heart doesn't look like ours. Or their life doesn't look like ours because everybody's feet have walked different pathways. But it is our responsibility to try to show them the truest version of who God says he is. And that's depicted through our actions towards them. Can you wash other people's feet? Do you have that capacity? Are you afraid of what it might cost you? Does it, is it beneath you? Is it beneath you to serve others? Because that's what love does. Love is always others-oriented. And so God said we should have a capacity to help other people get cleaned up without it making, or excuse me, without it making them feel dirty, but instead makes them feel accepted and loved. Not like the Pharisees where they persecuted and they rejected because the heart conditions of those people or the woman at the well or the woman who got caught in the sin of adultery didn't represent their version or their apparatus of death, their apparatus of confinement, where they lived their lives miserably. They were miserable people. 
bitter people, unfulfilled people. They missed out on destiny because they refused to come out and through. Is this you? Is this you? Trying to please uh, a dead parent because you're comparing them to God or whoever, whoever you're trying to live up to. Lord says, that's been long since gone, and I'm nothing like you. God is nothing like us. With Christ, all things are made new. He's a completely different entity, which brings us to Psalms 119, 1-6. Boy, this flew through today. Um, if you know anything about the times we're walking in right now, I've said it all throughout the conversation, you know, we're walking... In a pressure place, in a pressure cooker. People are frustrated. They are worried. I think they're worried. They are concerned about um, what the future holds and if they even have a future. I've gotten phone calls from people uh, who I've tried to talk with them about what C2 entails and um, how you need to think about what you're thinking about. Casting down every high thing that exalts itself above the throne of God. And, you know, the only thing I can tell these people, or you if this is you, is that you can't go backwards. If you digress, you lose your portion of kingdom. I'll shoot straight up with you. So he's trying, I believe God is trying to see, because he knows how he made you. He knows what he instilled and equipped within you. So he knows how big your faith is. Okay. So if that's the truth, then then he knew that you were going to come to this place in history. And he knew what you were going to experience and see. But he also knew that you had the capacity to forge forth to create a new reality. Remember, I've talked to you about realities. There are demonic realities. There are godly realities. The demonic realities are word cursings in the occult. Uh, spells, magic, and laws, things that they want to come to pass around you. And so it's all flesh-based. That's all flesh-based. But instead, God's saying, be a David. Be a Jesus. Come out and through. And so the point of the Word of God, then, if you know anything about Psalms 119, 1-16, every verse but five refers to God's Word itself. And it talks about what it is, what it can do in your life, if you let it in, if you let it change you. And it's also very, very unique because there are 22 sections of eight lines, each beginning with the same letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So God's reiterating himself. He's reiterating a message within this psalm. And if you know anything about the psalm, the writer of this psalm, whoever wrote it, was persecuted because he obeyed the Lord implicitly and he opposed sin. Where most of the verses in the psalm occurred because he was asking for God's help, like David, or like Jesus, how to navigate through persecution, how to what God would have him do instead of what he wanted to do. So he was always meditating on the word of God while God was walking him through difficulty. Do you feel like God's walking you through some difficulty right now? Do you feel like you're walking through a pressure cooker? Do you feel like the world might be imploding around you? I'm not trying to be negative, Nelly. That's kind of an intense thing to say, but I will say this for your benefit. 
for those trying to walk out and through, if you're worried about where you're standing in Christ in this hour, then ask him. Say, God, you know what? I want to get free. I want to be the best me possible. I want to show the goodness of God. I want to show that to the world around me and wash feet because of what you've done for me. A heart that's forgiven forgives much. You understand that? We don't have anything to judge anybody else for. God knows. Because we understand what we've been forgiven for in our own lives. So I don't have a problem with washing feet. I don't have a problem with seeing people get free. And it, it brings me the transformation process, actually, all throughout my walk with Christ has always been something I've lived for. I enjoy it. I, I get tremendous fulfillment from it. When I see people have those aha moments or they get those breakthroughs, I do get frustrated alongside of people when I feel like they get frustrated and they're thinking, when is the breakthrough going to come, God? I know. I can feel you. I feel you. I feel you. But I really want to encourage you in this hour because even though the, the testing and the war has been very long, and, and actually I saw, <laughs> it was so appropriate, I posted it on one of my, so, my other social media platforms, and they said, uh, let me see what they said. They said, quitting is not an option. Fight on, soldier. Fight on. Quitting isn't an option for us. Do you understand that? And I want to encourage you because this is what you're facing. I'll just this is just freebie. It's a freebie. <clears throat> you have two people groups that God has separated. Now I'm taking you back to the beginning of the conversation before I wrap up today. The two people groups are this. You have people operating in the flesh and you have people walking by the spirit. And the people walking by the spirit are the truthers. They're t- hitting you with hard, cold truth. Very specifically raised up for this hour to help you step up in power. The people in the flesh, God bless them. They can do nothing for you unless they get free. They can't. But they're going to be negative Nellies. They're usually going to be bitter people. They're going to be fighters like Dan, the tribe of Dan, who lost their land because they don't know how to move with the Spirit of God like Jesus did, only listening to what they heard the Father say. Everything is about listening and getting the true King's decree right now. You go to the Father about everything. Everything. God, do I need to go here? God, do you want me to buy this? God, do you want me to say this? Everything. He wants to be included in everything. You want to know why? Because he's omniscient and he sees the end from the beginning. He knows the ending of all things and he's already there. So you want to see what he has to say about a thing. But you either have the choice of whether you're going to listen to those stuck in the flesh trying to prophesy to you. Those are false prophets. Some of them don't even know they stepped into that category. They're just prophesying because they're stuck underneath the apparatus of religion, and it's a happy-go-lucky kind of an attitude there, so they think. But they're prophesying doom and gloom and lies, and God's not the author and finisher of doom and gloom. He's the author and finisher of faith. Faith, faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Hello, we're called to be co-creators with Christ, seated beside him in heavenly places. Don't you think he's trying to teach us a thing or two about co-creating with him? How to change the end from a beginning. So you can walk with them or you can walk with the truthers and you can watch God step up and out because he's going to have his way anyway. If something's of God, five, Acts 5.39, you can't stop it, whether it's a ministry, whether it's 45 coming back, whether it's, I'm just telling you straight up, if the true prophets have spoken, it's already happening and God's going to honor those who say what he says. 
because they truly walk in right relationship with Christ, with love. They've gotten free from things from below and they're coming up above. We're coming up above all the mess, all the flesh. So you choose what you want to believe and that'll help relieve your pressure from contraction point too. Because I'm like... I'm a doctor, but I'm not a medical doctor. But if I were a medical doctor, I'd be one of those types that walked in and said, okay, you're dealing with this, 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 and this. Kind of like what, what I do with y'all. And this is what we're going to do about it. This is what you, These are your options. That's what I would want to know if I were being talked to by a doctor, right? So tell me what I'm dealing with. Let's get over it. Let's get on with it. I, let's get the show on the road. That's my attitude to life. So that's that's your option. That's your option, what you can do. So that brings us, as we wrap up, it's going to kind of be a short rev today, but it's Proverbs 15, 29 through 30. And I do hope you're encouraged. I do want you to know that. I hope you're encouraged. I don't ever want you guys leaving discouraged. And I know that right now, Um, and I will say this. Should I say that? I already said that. But I will, I'll reiterate it. When the Lord said that the, the bell is about to toll, I don't want you getting freaked out, but I'm going to tell you what he told me. Can I say that? Okay. Spirit said that to be first John four, three. Okay. You realize that the world economy is getting ready to crash, right? I said it there. I said it. Okay. So he's told me that I've had complete peace about it. You want to know why? Because for the obedient, you're about to step into the most glorious days of your life. I can feel your heart. Stop that. Stop that fear. Get out of it. God is not a God of fear. There's no fear in love. Nothing is going to be taken from you. If you've been obedient to come out and through, God said, I've already provided for you. Most of us will be well provided for. So you have nothing to fear. He's, that's why God's been teaching you about getting off of the world system where you're providing for yourself and getting onto his system through tithing. Why do you think he's been stressing tithing, 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 tithing? He's trying to get you to get some seed in the ground. <clears throat> it's all about who you're connected to, their roots and their fruits. God told you in that prophetic word. And don't, don't hit me with your money thing either. Don't do that to me. Because this is not what that's about. When you, you tithe, you want to understand why you tithe? You tithe because of what your seed connects you to. If you're Remember, this, if you're salt walking, you're walking on good ground. It means you're learning from good ground. So you sow into that because when you can't participate live or because of life happening, life happens to all of us, right? And But your seed connects you to the anointing. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. Go read your word. And so when you're connected to good ground, hey, Karen Boleyn, it's good to see you, my friend. But it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. But when you when life happens to you and you can't connect, say if you have to go work a day and like we're doing a reap uh, fifteen minute rev today, and then you connect at another time, God say, guess what happened? Guess what your seed did for you today? Your seed connected you to the flow that helped you go and grow despite whether you were there. That's how good God is. It, the, it continues moving you in the stream of that ministry, in the stream of those waters. So God's making a way where there is no way for you to move forward today, even though the enemy threw something your way. That's the purpose of your seed. Besides, when you sow, the Lord says, Malachi 3.10, 
I'll hold back the hand of the devourers and your money won't fall through your pockets. Your money fall through your pockets? That's a spiritual law. So let's wrap up. That's the purpose of sowing. That's why it's important to know what ground you're walking on. Are you walking in good ground, salty ground? Are you being preserved by the salt from the ground you're walking through? Know who you're connected to. It brings us to Proverbs 15, 29 through 30, and it states, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Light in a messenger's eyes brings joy to the heart, and good news gives health to the bones. There is nothing for us to be afraid of. There is nothing for you to be afraid of. Not your future. Not the future of your nation. Not the future of whether God's going to come through for you or not. Let me ask you something else with regard to that. Has God ever not shown up for you? God's always shown up for me. At a moment's notice, boom. God, I got this problem. Jesus. Boom, shakalaka. There he is. Hey, what's your name, miss? I need some answers, please. I got to figure out what to do about this or that. But anyway, you be encouraged. I love you guys. Um, I want you to stay the course. Quitting is not an option. Quitting is not your portion. As you walk from April 30th through September 15th, think about what you're thinking about. I want you to surround yourself with praise music if you come out of the spirit, because you always come out of the spirit when you leave church. If you come out of the church, you come out of the anointing. So keep praise around you to keep you up in the spirit. If you have to do that from now on, night and day, do that. Keep yourself up in the spirit so that you stay out of the devil's camp and you're abiding with Christ, walking this thing through. Remember God told you about maybe two months ago, he said, you know, if you've been obedient this hour, C2 this year for you is going to run smooth as butter. Smooth as butter. And so far it's proven itself every bit true. But anyway, you guys go have yourself a great rest of your day. I'm going to go to Dutch Brothers. If you haven't ever been there, you need to go check them out. They're phenomenal. They make great black tea. They also make great uh, Golden Eagles if you've never had their coffee. But I'm going to go grab one of those. You go have yourself a great day. I'll see you Friday. Bye-bye, guys. I love you.